1: Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Fiji Warriors reclaim the Pacific Challenge rugby title, Guam looks to seal their Asian Cup football berth, and a Marshall Islands sprinter sets her sights on Rio. But first, the Tonga Rugby Union says it is working with the government to address debts of more than three hundred thousand US dollars that has left it unable to pay staff and World Rugby to suspend all financial support. The union's interim CEO, Chair and President, Fe'a Vonipula, says Tonga Rugby receives an annual grant of 850,000 US dollars from World Rugby towards its high performance unit and development fund. But that money has been withheld since the start of the year.
0: It has been suspended due to reasons beyond our control. First and foremost, it's the debt that we have accumulated for the last three years is now getting to a head. That's why World Rugby is withholding or freezing the grant to Tonga's high-performance unit and development fund.
1: So how much does World Rugby provide Tongan rugby, and uh, how long has that money been withheld?
0: World Rugby provides 600,000 sterling a year to Tonga, starting from January to December every year and they have been withholding that amount since the first of January this year.
1: So Tonga Rugby's received no money from World Rugby for close to three months now?
0: Correct, yes.
1: And from what we can gather, the TRU currently has debts of about 700,000 pānga. That's correct. And uh, these are debts that you say were already in place when you took over, and obviously the former chairman... Uh, resigned, and there have been, I guess, ongoing um, issues about this financial situation. Um, what have you done since you've been elected to try and remedy that? And um, you know, what sort of plans are there going forward to try and address the situation?
0: We've been looking at options available to us. I came in; the uh, the union was already in receivership since October of last year. The arrangement made by the former chairman and the former CEO was to uh, repay most of it or all of it by the 15th of this month. But by the 15th, there's no money coming from anywhere and there's no, uh, no fund available in our TRU's bank account. So, in fact, there was no money to pay the debt. I was concerned about it when it first came. So I made the approach to our prime minister and informed him of TRU's uh, situation and started asking for help. From our government, because the only option available other than that is to sell the land that we have so that we can pay the debt. And then we establish ourselves by buying another cheaper piece of land and putting the infrastructure in place. You know, what we really need is is a a good head office somewhere to have a gym and office, plus a rugby training ground that we own for our training. Given the fact that Tufaywa Stadium is our main stadium, and it's currently owned by our government.
1: Did they take you up on that offer?
0: Yes. I am very thankful that our Prime Minister and our Deputy Prime Minister and all the ministers of the Crown are very helpful. And at the moment they are throwing up a plan. So I say rescue plan or take over plan. Sounds good, sounds uh, favorable and 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 uh, we are currently talking you know, of uh, the best way forward for for Tonga rugby in association with our government helping us out in the long run.
1: So was this plan about the government giving Tonga rugby money or is it about land or is it a mixture of both?
0: It's about first trying to settle the debt and then, you know, it will be treated as as a loan, soft loan to our government and then our government helping us out to move out of this crisis and moving forward.
1: If that situation appears to be moving forward, why have World Rugby suspended the funding? Are you anticipating, have you been communicating with World Rugby and do you anticipate they will resume that funding when, if they're satisfied with this plan?
0: But the plan is there will be a World Rugby delegation coming over to Tonga first week of April. They'll be here on the 5th, 6th, and 7th of April and we will be discussing the situation and we'll be talking about our best way forward for us. I know hopefully by the end of this meeting they will release the fund so that you know we can we can all move forward you know, in a positive way.
1: Because in the current situation you're not receiving money from World Rugby, do you have income from any other sources?
0: Very little at the moment. The Tongawa Greening's main income comes from uh, World Rugby, uh, particularly the, the high-performance division relies heavily on fund from World Rugby. In our covering,
1: so the staff at Tonga Rugby haven't been paid for how long?
0: Since the second week of January, and I feel sorry for them that they are in this situation. There are only four of them in our office, and they are here for the long run. And, you know, regardless of what happened, they feel that they, um, it's their role, it's their task, they want to stick by. They are committed to uh, the course.
1: And so the Tonga A players that have been in Fiji for the Pacific Challenge, they weren't able to be paid as well?
0: Yes. Yes. Some of the, the people from Tonga Tapu uh, were so kind enough to lend us a hand and give them a bit of money, about 250 each for, for each boys.
1: But that wasn't money from Tonga rugby?
0: It's money from uh, rugby in Tonga.
1: And just finally, on the uh, money that's owed by the Tonga rugby union to Karanat Sports Marketing, the Mount Smart Stadium, and Fenamaka and, 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 and whatnot. Um, so obviously you've said that there's a plan that's hopefully going to be uh, decided with the government and World Rugby uh, in April to try and sort that out, but obviously those companies do still have money outstanding from TRU, and you said that payments stopped at the start of this month. Have they understood that situation? Are they all prepared to wait until April, or are you worried that they're going to get the creditors on TRU or you know start chasing that money up in the interim? Have there been dialogue with those companies?
0: Yes, I have been putting them in the loop. I've been informing them um constantly of our situation and they are aware of what's going on. Once money is available for us then the debts will be settled and you know like the current situation is the government is stepping in to help and you know we will be paying the debts although we are not responsible for it but you know it's with us now and it must be paid.
1: That's the interim CEO, Chair and President of Tonga's Rugby Union, Fia Vunipula Fiji Warriors have reclaimed the Pacific Challenge rugby title after completing an unbeaten fortnight in Suva. The hosts scored five tries and 36 unanswered points against Samoa A in the final. Head coach Senarusi Serevakula said he was proud of his new look squad in securing a sixth title at this level.
2: More than half of the boys are new to the Fiji Warriors. This is their first year in their first cap and a lot of them are coming up from the pathway from the under-20s. They show what they're capable of and they prove themselves. And uh, it's a great uh, achievement for the Fiji Warrior in 2016.
1: What did you make of the standard of the competition?
2: We need uh, more teams into the competition rather than just playing against the, the Pacific Islanders. So we have to make them uh, competition more competitive.
1: Do you think there are other countries that would be open to becoming a part of it?
2: I would like to see that some other big countries are coming into this uh, competition. The more countries, the more competitive, especially for us islanders. It's going to uh, develop our rugby.
1: So do you mean like um, perhaps from the Americas or maybe some other Asian teams or other Pacific nations or, or all of the above?
2: All of the above.
1: Is that something that's been discussed amongst the countries, do you know, or if that's a possibility for next year?
2: I haven't heard of it. I hope so. There'll be talks about it for the next year or so.
1: I guess another underlying uh, theme throughout this uh, competition was obviously in the wake of Cyclone Winston. I know there were, I think, armbands uh, that your team wore yesterday. Um, Remembrance as well for um, Mbela timbalala last year, who was a part of the squad. And then, I guess, obviously, Sarah Rambini dying recently as well. Um, You know, so I guess uh, a few motivational factors there that you wanted to do something good for the country as well.
2: Yes, it was an emotional moment for the players before we went to the ground. Uh, we had a team meeting and, uh, and the boys uh, were saying, today is, it's got to be meaningful because of what uh, happened uh, to one of our uh, players uh, last year in ballet. And uh, also they'll be out there as uh, warriors fighting for their country because of uh, well, the cyclone and, uh, and the late uh, Sarah Menni. So they were ready and uh, putting their body on the line when, when they went out and... Uh, it just did the
1: job. You've obviously got a lot of young players on the team that are looking to move on to higher honours. Um, I mean, what's sort of next on the horizon for them? You mentioned how many new players there were. I guess some of them will be wanting to be a part of the under-20 set-up and, uh, I guess, push ideally uh, in the future for something like a Flying Fijian spot.
2: Yeah, I uh, think at the moment uh, they'll be pushing for sport spot in the coming uh, PNC because the next level for them now is going for the Flying Fijian. A lot of guys have come in and uh, this is their first year. And they, and they really prove it, uh, why they were being selected. Because this year, is, the way we select the team is because of the age group and the way they've been uh, doing the training. It's a different team from last year. The result is just show the, the talents they got from the pathway from the under-20s coming to the Fiji Warriors.
1: And I suppose the other interesting um, footnote from this event is you trialled the different scoring systems. Six points for a try, two points, uh, I think, for a conversion and a penalty. Um, how did you find it?
2: At the beginning it was hard, but we get used to it for our second game and uh, I think it's pretty cool. Uh, the scores have changed and some of the rules
1: have changed. I suppose you don't need any further encouragement in Fiji to play running, attacking rugby, but uh, do you think it encourages people to go for the try line more?
2: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna do that uh, for Fiji rugby. It's gonna change the game uh, a lot in uh, in Fiji. People have to get used to it, the the score, and now they're gonna go for more tries than going for more penalty and go kick for goal.
1: That's Sir Vakula. Meanwhile, Tonga A claimed third place in the Pacific Challenge, beating Junior Japan 44 points to 30. The Guam national football team can move closer to an historic berth in the Asian Cup with a positive result against Oman this week. The Matau were beaten 3-2 by Chinese Taipei in a friendly match at the weekend and were outclassed 6-0 by Iran in November to enter their hopes of World Cup qualification. They're currently fourth in Group D which would be enough to advance to the final round of qualifying for the Asian Cup in 2019. Head coach Gary White says the squad is feeling refreshed after a long break.
3: It's actually helped us because you can feel a freshness in the vibe within the camp. Everyone's pleased to see each other again. Everybody had a chance to miss each other and uh, miss the program. And when you're going back-to-back games like we did last year, uh, it's tough, especially when they're flying 24 hours just to get into uh, Guam, and then it's another set of flying across uh, Asia. And in our group, you know, we've been unfortunate enough to be able to have to fly across to the, the Middle East a lot. So it's been a lot of travel, and that, that with such a small squad like ours, it, it does have its effect.
1: You know, over these past four months that you've had that sort of break since that last match, what have you been able to reflect on, uh, I guess, as a coach and then also as a team?
3: Yeah, well, it gives us time, like you said, to reflect on what we're doing and see how far we've really come. And there's been so many highs. We've met so many different objectives that, like you said, for the first time. And for being the smallest country in AFC and to be currently ranked 25 throughout the whole qualification in AFC, it's such a an amazing achievement. And, um, you know, this game against Oman, you know, it should set us up nicely for us to go straight into group play for for the next round of the and the final qualification round for the Asian Cup. So it's been an amazing experience and we just continue to grow.
1: So what do you need to do in that match against Oman to tick that box and get into that final round of qualification?
3: We're already guaranteed into a pre-qualification, uh, but because of our standing right now, it looks like we'll go straight to the group stage if we can get a point. Uh, and even if the, the games go our way from the other fixtures and we stay on our current points, we, sh- we could still get in. Uh, because we have one of the highest points for a third-stroke, fourth-place team. So it's, uh, it's either a case of getting a point or trying to snatch a win, obviously, um, or it's a qu- case of being competitive and sitting back and seeing what happens with the results around us.
1: And how is that sort of ongoing scout uh, going for, uh, I guess, unearthing you know, more players around the world that could potentially play for the Mateo?
3: really uh, been effective uh, like i said we 've got a couple of new players that we 're looking at, uh, and then there's also some more players that are currently in the u s international system uh, playing at youth level, so we're keeping an eye on them obviously, their first choice will be the u s but you know we're, we're we're ready to catch them if they uh if they fall off that um, track
1: so I guess the success you've had with AJ is that sort of spinning off into other people thinking well maybe this could be an avenue
3: yeah absolutely it's it hit his uh High exposure as a player has definitely pushed the name out. And, you know, in, in my recruitment, you know, I obviously utilize uh, AJ's uh, name and he assists me very well in, in, in trying to find those new players. Once, so once we identify him, he's trying to sell it to him, you know, he's playing in a very strong team. He's surrounded by uh, Dos Santos, uh, Nigel De Jong. Uh, Stephen Gerrard, Robbie Keane, uh, Ashley Cole, and uh, you know it's great that we have a metal player that's starting every game at the moment amongst those players. So he, we hope he will bring that experience to our team.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you notice with a guy like that playing with those guys, and you know, what is very much a growing league? Does that rub off on those other guys?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his presence alone is uh, is is a real motivational factor for us, especially the young players they really look up to him. You know. And uh, the older players, you know, they, they, they're they always learning as well. So, And AJ's such a humble and, and grounded person, he, he does an amazing job with it.
1: That's Guam's football coach, Gary White. After competing at her first senior world championships, the Marshall Islands sprinter, Mariana Cress is setting her sights even higher. The 17-year-old ran a season-best time of 8.51 seconds in the 60 metres event, at the World Indoor Athletics Championships in Portland, Oregon at the weekend, just one hundredth of a second off her personal best time. She was born and raised in Minnesota in the United States, but her father, 2008 Olympian Roman Kress, was born in the Marshall Islands.
4: He is the reason why I started running track. I was in fifth grade just watching my dad run track um, since I was basically born and just watching him at the track meets, which is what motivated me to want to run track. And So he put me in a track club, and it was kind of just, you know, amateur. It wasn't anything serious, but I grew to love it, and I continued running track.
1: What's your main event? What's your favorite event?
4: My main events are the 100 and 200, but my favorite would be the 200.
1: And, and so what point of the season are you at in your track at, in, in Minnesota with your, your school and whatnot?
4: Our track season for high school starts on Monday, actually.
1: Alrighty. So to to be in high school and to have... An event, you know, kind of almost the same week that you would normally start being the World Indoor Championships is kind of crazy, right?
4: Yeah, it is. its is. <laughs> I'm going crazy.
1: <laughs> and are there any other major events that you're targeting uh, in 2016?
4: Yes, I'm hoping to compete in the 2016 Olympics in Rio this summer.
1: And so what do you need to do to, to get there?
4: Just extra hard training. Just focus on... Well, you know, school always comes first, so it's going to be hard balancing both of those. But I'm just going to work hard and just pray that the Marshall Islands just confirm me to um, get sent to Rio.
1: What do they have, like one male and one female spot sort of minimum, is it, or...? Yes, they do. And uh, and do you, do you know who your competitors are for those spots, I guess?
4: I think I'm one of the only females that's really running out there. But, you know, they, someone might come up. You'll never know. Stuff happens. So I'm just praying that I stay kind of in that spot to go to Rio
1: and and so you're based in Minnesota how long have you been over there
4: my whole life I was born here my dad was only in the Marshall Islands for a couple years of his life and he moved here when he was a baby and he's been here since but we've visited the Marshall Islands He's visited there multiple times I've only been there once
1: is it kind of an interesting feeling being sort of one heart one foot in one camp and one foot in the other obviously growing up and being American in all senses but obviously having that Pacific connection as well
4: yeah I kind of like having that tradition in me. I like learning about my family in the Marshall Islands and whatnot, but I also like my American life. But you know, when I go in the Marshall Islands, it's interesting to me because not well, you know, what I'm used to, but it's fun.
1: Your dad is he your official coach? Is he?
4: Basically, yes.
1: How's that? I know a lot of a lot of sports people. You have uh, parents that coach you, like you know, especially in tennis and other sports. Is that a, a fun dynamic?
4: It's stressful sometimes having your dad as your coach, but. I know he knows what's best for me. He knows me better than any other coach would, so he knows how to help me specifically. And that's what makes it easier and better for me. But, you know, we do hit heads sometimes (laughs) and have our differences.
1: I just wonder, like, obviously at high school, um, as somebody who's hoping to go to the Rio Olympics this year, this is obviously, you know, very exciting and, you know, a big deal. Um, what What do your mates at school think about, you know, the fact that you could be at the Olympics?
4: My friends are very excited for me, and they support me so much. I don't know what I'll do without them. They're really happy for me, and they always look out for me. They support, they motivate me too. Like if I'm ready to, you know, if I'm just shutting down, they kind of just snap me back in it. Like Mari, you have to know, <laughs> you have to focus, and train. I'm like, yeah, you're right. So my friends, I would help. They they keep me up a lot.
1: And uh, and so you're hoping to get a athletics a track scholarship to college, are you next year? Yes, I'm hoping I do. That's the Marshall Islands sprinter Marianne Chris, and that's the world and sport for this week. I'm Vinny Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.
4: Botox Cosmetic, botulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.